This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Kiss What will be, will be. Welcome back to You Should Watch a Recap Podcast. I, I never really know how to describe this particular one. I'm Joel Lipsit. I'm joined as always by Sheree Bohannon. Hey, Joe. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. We are back. We're talking about from season two, episode six, Pas de Deux, which uh, I looked up just to make sure I understood the reference. It is a dance traditionally performed by a man and a woman. And uh, that's basically Boyd in this episode with this ballerina. Weird fact. I only knew that phrase and the meaning because I did a dramaturg situation back mm-hmm. in undergrad, and that was the name of the play. And oh, so I was like, hey. ah, look at culture coming through. I am I got educated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a classy, classy bitch. Right? I'm the classiest <laughs> bitch. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, they're going to dance. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to see our creepy ballerina come to full size. That was... Mm. Yeah, she was giving off some kind of Pennywise energy, wasn't she? Particularly when she comes out of that hole. (laughs) Listen, big Pennywise energy from the gate. Because when Boyd goes back to the church, I didn't know that he wasn't really going back to the church. And I'm like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. empty. That's weird. That's us. Right? I was like, Sarah's been busy. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, she's got time because she ain't got no friends. (laughs) True. (laughs) So I'm like, wait, what's, what's going on? And then that happens, like, oh, we're hallucinating again. And this time, it's mm-hmm. hallucinations from hell. Poor Boyd. <laughs> Ooh, this, this is a great showpiece episode for Harold Perrineau, and he yes. kills it. I love everything he does. Like, even if the episode isn't my favorite episode, which this mm-hmm. is definitely one of their strong ones. I'm not going to lie. Ooh. This is, yeah. I think that he's definitely leveled up in a way that, like, I didn't see coming because he's always been great. I've never been like, mm-hmm. he's a problem. He's always one of the standouts. And that's going all the way back to Oz and Romeo and Juliet and all the other things. Right. But I, there's something here. And I don't know if it's just like him being like, I've really mastered what I've been doing. <laughs> right. And I'm going to show you what all I can do now. But I love it. Well this, well, this feels like his show, right? I'm so used to seeing him provide that supporting role where he just absolutely knocks it out of the park, but it's not him on the center stage. And this is his show, right? Like, I'm pretty sure he's executive producing this. He's big into it, as you've mentioned before on Twitter. So I love that he has basically gone wholesale into this role because it then gives him these meaty opportunities. I think it's that. I think it's definitely 100% that. Like you said, we never get to see anybody marginalized in a lead because it's almost mm-hmm. all, any other place. This would have been Mr. Bailey's show and he would be the Boyd and we would all be sure. sidekicks. And yep. so I, I think it goes back to what Viola Davis was saying. How can you excel when there's no roles for you? Mm-hmm. You got to make them yourself. You do. And I think that I, I love that he was like, I'm going to exactly produce this. I'm going to be the lead. I'm going to show people what I've been giving them in small doses on a full scale because mm-hmm. it, it, I think it's one of the reasons why it's one of the best shows on TV. It's because the acting is top notch and it's led by 
this performer specifically who makes everybody around him better. Well, I would say that and the fact that it is willing to go there, like particularly this episode, you know, we've talked for the last couple of weeks. It's a bit quieter. We haven't really been getting those deaths and there's no death. Well, maybe (laughs) there's a death in this episode, but the show implicitly understands how to build this tension, how to ramp up the conflict. You said online in our tweet exchanges, you were just like, this episode is so stressful because they know exactly how to put us on the edge of our seats. 100%. Like this felt like a ride. I And it, and it starts immediately mm-hmm. because like we have Boyd and Tian sitting there in the diner and he's trying to explain why he hit Sarah, aka the woman who killed her husband. Um, mm-hmm. um, which you're like, oh, this is going to be a messy episode. And it just yep. keeps getting more stressful. Like every frame, every scene, you're like, please let my heart rest. Like, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there, there's so much embedded here in like small throwaway comments. You know, we knew that the storm had affected things, but we didn't realize that we're at the point where we now need to do super rationing with the food, that we're actually taking food out of Colony House and bringing it down to the town because we are about to starve. Like we find out we've got a month's worth of food in this episode. Which, again, I think these creatures are going to starve them and see what happens, which... It was already scary when we knew they were monsters, but now that we know that they are monsters who can, like, plot and leave messages on trees, mm-hmm. I, I am not well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be here anymore. That and the other throwaway line that really caught my attention in this episode is when Kenny and Boyd realize that the leaves are changing, and this has never happened before, which means motherfucking winter is coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I'm so concerned and I'm also wondering what shifted this because mm-hmm. the bus rolling in from Christie's past because Alma clocked that right. from Fifth Street. Alma was like, that bus had like um where Christie's hometown on it or whatever. And like, what do you mean, Alma? Eagle eye. But like <laughs> I think starting with that bus, it's it's been coming sort of like a Pleasantville experience where things are changing and I don't know why yet. <laughs> I wanna yes. know why they're changing because I'm afraid. Well, they're changing and they're ramping up, right? This is an escalation. It feels like everything is suddenly moving way faster. And then people are becoming paranoid. People are becoming desperate. We literally get an accidental stabbing over this rationing of food because this fucking Dale character up at Colony House flips out thinking that Elgin is squirreling away food and all of a sudden Ellis is being stabbed. Can we talk about how I saw that stabbing coming but when it happened I was still like oh mm-hmm. shit because I'm like this knife oh, is out yeah. and it's about and Ellis hasn't mm-hmm. been injured all season he has to get injured at least once it's in his contract apparently uh, <laughs> it's gonna happen <laughs> but when it happens like Ugh! and I again another reason to not be in Colony House <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know what? You and I are just increasingly more justified. We would not be there. We wouldn't get stabbed in town. Like- <laughs> <laughs> you don't see nobody getting stabbed in the bar. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's not dilly dally. I, I know we're barely like seven minutes into this episode. We have to talk about this standout sequence because... <laughs> Fatima is freaking out. Ellis is losing so much blood. I thought we were just going to do, oh, he got poked. You know, we're going to need something in the morning. We'll bring Kirstie up. No, bitch. We need to get Ellis down because he is going to die. So Fatima, Elgin, 
drag this guy out to the van and then we do a motherfucking long take on the drive down to the hospital i'm not gonna lie i did not know how we're gonna get to the hospital i knew we had to go because again Mm -hmm. when i saw that knife that knife was predominant i was like oh this is gonna Oh, sure. We're not going to kill Ellis, but... That has to go in someone. Listen, it's going to go in Ellis, and he's going to get to help, because nobody here is a doctor, because I didn't space out the doctors, because they're right. dating. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm just like, how are we going to get there? And they kept adding layers to it, to be like, oh, no, the van's not outside, it's by the bar. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like... Oh, Ellis can't walk. Oh, we need multiple people to carry him. <laughs> Seeing him bleed through that thick-ass pillow, I was like, he's not gonna be well for a while after this no. one. <laughs> oh man just this is so expertly done like the show has us in the palm of its hand watching elgin try to find the keys as those things just start coming out of the woodwork the music is building he manages to get by them and you're like okay here we go i thought we were just going to cut to them arriving at the hospital i oh Oh, I did not like the point of view as we kept going 360 slow pans and it looked like we were going to crash because we could barely fucking see anything out of the windshield. Sheree, I was sweating. Same. And I was also like, one of these things went up to the window while he's fighting these trees and bushes. Mm -hmm. And because like, I don't know what part of the jungle they happen to have to drive through to get to the fucking hospital. <laughs> but there are so many things hitting the car. Like, oh, no, it's the monsters. Oh, no, it's the monsters. I felt like I was in the vehicle and I did not like it. I, mm-hmm. My poor heart was not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this last night and my husband got up behind me and he was like, you are about to fall off of your chair you are so close to the screen i had been leaning in because i was so tense just i it's like i had to get my face closer to the screen in the hopes that it would somehow help these characters it was oh god this sequence was so fucking masterful like if we had best chases or best sequences um from tv shows Mm -hmm. this would be towards the top of the list it would have to be for this year so far it's just exquisite. It was so well done. And like, yeah, like, it, it's obviously the high point of this episode. But this is one of many exquisitely done moments in this episode. Yes, I, again, because like the last two episodes were a little bit slower, which mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked about it. They, they were good for character building their relationships. And they've earned two slow episodes because yep. you can't be a 10 always. Mm-hmm. No. But also, it was like, that was the combo for the storm, because you're really going to, like, yeah. ruin us. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, how do you feel about how this ultimately ends up getting resolved? Because I kind of thought we were going to spend the rest of the episode having an, a kind of from ER episode where we were going to have to do this surgery on Ellis and, oh, my God, we need a blood transfusion. I didn't think that we were going to have Boyd address his worm problem and seemingly get rid of it in this episode. I was so happy. And again, like they might just be like, JK, and like give him the worm back next week. But I was really happy we resolved that because we never resolve anything on this show, which is why there's so many questions. Mm -hmm. And so for him to be like, that blood kills them. Also, that's how you get rid of it. (laughs) I was like, we've learned two things. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna be really curious to see if he still has it or if he did manage to pass it on and then it destroyed the smiling ghoul and i 
I won't lie. I was a little sad that it was kind of our OG ghoul because I think that that guy is so evocative. He's literally on the poster for season one or season two. <laughs> He's my favorite of the monsters. I'm not going to lie. Because I... Right? <laughs> I was like, not him. Kill somebody else, Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> Kill the milkman. We don't know him. He's not Woodsboro. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Core 4. <laughs> I was like, not my original monster. <laughs> so that did but I was like. But I love that exchange, right? Where Boyd just goes out and he gets surrounded by them. And this thing, of course, is fucking taunting him. You know, when he slits its throat and it goes, this is a fun game. Listen, because I assumed they were going to smell that his blood wasn't right and not touch him. Mm-hmm. And so. Right. When they didn't take that route and with this route, I was like, ah. And my face was cracked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could have gone so badly. And I'll confess, one of the reasons I really ended up enjoying the episode is because I didn't think it was going to go here. I didn't think the show kind of had the gumption to do this. Because we've been playing this long con with Boyd since the premiere when he first got infected by Arthur back in that cave well tower thing. So... I mean, again, maybe it will walk this back, but right now it seems like we have found out something really exciting about how to address these ghouls, but also we have addressed Boyd's problem because he was like about to die from this in this episode. Those hallucinations were not joking around. I was really worried because I'm just like, both you and Ellis are down bad. Um, (laughs) Right. um, And it's a bad week for the father-son duo. And Kenny was like, just give me the worms. And I was like, no, not both sons. Like, <laughs> Sheree, I was so scared. And and of course, that would be what Kenny would say, right? Like, <laughs> the fucking most altruistic character on the show. It's like, I'm, I could have just imagined him and Donna having a fight about who should take the worms on. <laughs> I'm just like, Kenny, you've been through enough. You don't need worms, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine, baby. Let them figure out their own family dynamics. Like, don't. <laughs> that was also tense the way they were like give him your blood boy and can you pull the gun on boy i'm mm-hmm. like whoa whoa time out time out <sighs> you cannot make family give it was good. family your blood and organs that's not how we do things <laughs> um there should be a conversation i loved it that's actually where I thought we were going to go. I thought they weren't going to believe Boyd because he was acting, let's be honest, a little bit cuckoo. And they would force him at gunpoint to give Ellis the transfusion and then Ellis would die or become horribly infected. Right? And can you imagine coming back and getting stabbed in the chest to have worms? They would. Mm-mm. He would not talk to his Mm-mm. father again. They just mended those fences. And he would be like, you gave me worms. Right. Fuck you. I'm- <laughs> I am not a cat. <laughs> oh, it was it was good stuff. This was all so tense. Like riding the high from that car ride in and then having this gun stand off, no one believing Boyd, and then him basically saying, You have to trust me, and then going out and killing this ghoul. Oh, the heart could barely take it. Definitely the most stressful hour of TV I've seen all year. Um <laughs> I don't Mm -hmm. know if I can do another hour like this. So I hope that they are kind (laughs) to me these next however many episodes. (laughs) We need a breather as we ramp up to the finale. Because if this is episode six, what do they have in store for us for episode 210? Right? Because I thought I'd feel this way about the mid-season episode, which should have been Mm -hmm. last week. 
Right. But for us to be like, no, 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 and then do it the week after when my guard is down, that's unkind. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? This should be a recent episode. <laughs> this, is not- <laughs> <laughs> this this episode needs to come with a warning. May cause heart attacks. <laughs> I was so stressed. I was like, I'm going to need a bigger drink. I wasn't ready. Like. <laughs> oh boy oh boy and that's like not even the only thing um i mean we've got mariel's drug addiction just immediately coming out and kirstie having to deal with it i i love that mariel um and christy are trying to have their i thought you were getting clean i thought you were doing well Mm -hmm. is it because i left when all of this pops off like literally (laughs) every time they try to talk about their problems somebody else from boyd's family is knocking at the door bleeding out (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, ladies, I know you're having a domestic issue right now, but we do have someone with a stab wound that is life-threatening. We're going to need you to park it. I did really love how Marielle just said, you know, no, Christy, you need to let me do this. Let me help. And then we see how good they work together. You know, she's anticipating the instruments she needs. She's passing them over. They work well together. It's just that they're going to have to get over this hurdle still. I love that because I think that society specifically feels like if somebody's an addict, they can't do anything well. Um, And that's Uh when you should like intervene. But like a lot of people are functional alcoholics and functioning addicts. And so like they go day to day and nobody knows until it's too late. And so Mm -hmm. even though this is not our favorite storyline, as we've said, like having the girlfriend come back and be an addict, I do love that it's showing she, this is how she's going to hide from them because she's not going to stop doing morphine because Christy caught her. (laughs) But this Mm-mm. is how she hides a society because she seems logical, she seems rational, and she is. Mm-hmm. She's good at her job. And she so is. You're not yeah. going to go, the doctor who saved me yesterday might be an addict, even though we've seen house, mm-hmm. we know. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God the whole show is not about it. <laughs> yeah. But I did, I did really also like how genuine Mariel's reaction felt when Kirsty found out she immediately goes to the drug cabinet. She opens it up and she just starts looking at the pills, looking at the vials. And Mariel is super on the defensive, you know, don't, I'm not a junkie. I'm not your fucking junkie girlfriend. And I love that we get to have these moments because they did feel really authentic and, and legitimate, but it's not this drawn out affair. Like, as I said, we will still have to address this, but because of Ellis's injury, we don't have to spend the rest of the episode with these two kind of warily circling around each other. It's like, cool, we can't address this right now. Park it. Let's move on. Right? Because like, at the end of the day, Christy has to lock that cabinet and keep that lock somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. She needs to keep that key on her body at all times. And again, this town only has two doctors. So what if somebody does mm-hmm. catch Muriel on a bad day and she messes right. up? somebody Mm -hmm. this was the best case scenario but it could have gone very badly and so there's that stress too which i mean i kind of appreciate having regular stress on top of all this other stress (laughs) 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 i was like this is quaint (laughs) (laughs) oh am i getting used to this this is my new normal now (laughs) but also you have two doctors, and this town is divided into two separate locations. I'm sorry, I know that they're girlfriends, but you have got to have one of the two of them in the other location, mm-hmm. at, like, every night. I 
I'm torn because if I was them, I would also not want to go to Colony House because again, mm-hmm. we called it like a couple of episodes ago to be like, you know, Colony House has to have a moment. It's not it's safe. It's been too many episodes. <laughs> Someone's gonna go down to Colony House. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so I wouldn't want to risk my life in that house either. But also, <laughs> like, I I think it'd be good oh for God. Marielle because well, actually, no. I don't know what they have other than pot in that house. I would have to like do like an inspection before I like put her there. That mm-hmm. way, Christy could sleep at night. Because <laughs> uh, again, yeah. wherever she hides the key, Marielle's gonna figure it out eventually. Right. Yeah. <sighs> well, the good thing is is that the way this episode handled it gives me confidence in what we will have to see in the future. Like they may. We're still going to have to address this, but I actually am dreading it less now. Same. And I'm also wondering if the reason Marielle came down so hard on Christy for being in this purgatory town was a deflection mm-hmm. so she wouldn't figure out that she was using again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I appreciated that Christy actually says, is this because I disappeared? Because you have to assume, you know especially if people are trying to get better or go into recovery, they tend to relapse when they have some kind of struggle or when there's a trigger. So the idea like, oh, your girlfriend just up and fucking disappears on you. Yeah, this could actually be a contributing factor. Yeah, like it, it makes me want to go back and rewatch things because like we, you called it early, but now that they're like having these moments, I'm just like, maybe this is why this was that way because we were like, Mm-hmm. I think that I would be more concerned that she's in purgatory as opposed to she left. <laughs> right. But now hmm. she was trying to hide her own business um, <laughs> and right. be like, if I'm on the offensive, then therefore you're the defensive and you're not going to clock me for what I've been doing recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was obviously a very tense, a very taunt episode. But it also meant that we didn't get to see a bunch of folks. So, like, we didn't see Sarah at all this episode. We didn't see Victor this episode. We did get to see a little bit more of Elgin. And even though I don't really feel like I know that much more about him, the fact that he was willing to take this risk on does give me a sense of his character. Same. Because before this, I knew he had vision and he's a flirt. And now I'm just like, he's Mm -hmm. also heroic. (laughs) (laughs) He's brave. Yeah. Um, okay, some of the other people that we do see a little bit, but not too much of, the Matthews, they're the ones who are kind of chirping about the lack of food, and I do love that Donna kind of shuts that shit down toot sweet. I'm happy you said that, because I forgot they were in this episode, because so much happened outside of Mm -hmm. their house, (laughs) but that's where Donna was, because I was like, why wasn't Donna at Calmy House? Because she was rushing the food, yeah. Yeah. Uh, line of the episode for me is when Jim tries to come at her and she goes, when was I supposed to do that? As in, tell you when you were stuck under the house that fell on you. <laughs> I also love when she's like uh, trying to like comfort their little boy who's like, I'm afraid the Aww. house might cave in. She's like, it's not. Like, How do you know? Because I don't think your parents going to dig any more holes in any more houses. <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna go for the sentimental moment when she tells him you know fear is what makes us heroes and that kind of stuff which i guess now that i'm thinking about it is an accurate description of what we just said about elgin right like elgin is definitely my favorite of the bus people like sure i was happy to see him and the bus driver still being alive in colony house because again i'm always Mm -hmm. shenanigans (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's just certain people I would say, you know what? I'm happy to have a conversation with you during daylight hours. And as soon as it gets a little bit dim on the horizon, I need you to get the fuck away from me because you court danger. Exactly. I would be like, these are my office hours. (laughs) 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 They end at 2.30 when we are in the bar drinking. Good night. And with winter coming, I'm wondering if they'll have less daylight hours <sighs> because that's a thing. Ooh. Ooh. I hadn't even thought of that. Will it become like 30 days of night or will it? <laughs> What's going to happen? Hmm. I'm so worried. <laughs> I mean, just the idea of from in the snow is an extra layer of terrifying for this yeah, show. I'm not ready for that at all. So one other thing that I am not ready for. I feel like we should have clocked this, but I did not see it coming until it was happening. Fatima is pregnant? Here's the thing. At the top of this episode, because, like, he definitely called her out. He's like, you've been weird since that thing happened. Don't make her pregnant. Please don't make her pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, like, it again, it makes sense because, like, it makes sense, but it upsets me because that's a thing that people always do. It's like, well, she's pregnant. That's why she's not a sure. rational person anymore. No. <laughs> Especially that early in the pregnancy because, like, it's, it's still pretty early. She would still be functioning and still be the person we know. Mm-hmm. But like, for whatever reason, TV always does this thing where it's like, well, now that she's conceiving something, make her scattered and make her careless and make her messy. Um, and that's not a Fatima. It's, it's just not. And so I I was really sad that that's what it was. But I was also happy I prepped myself for almost 30 minutes beforehand. Because he mm. goes to confront her to be like, you've been different. I'm like, oh, no. Y'all are not using protection in this film. You're not using protection. <laughs> Damn you. You have one job. That is so interesting. I, I'm i not going to push back against you, but I definitely read it as she is distracted because she's thinking about, oh, my God, what does this mean? So I didn't, I didn't take it as, you know, oh, there's something inherently different about her. Like she's scattered more, though, that she she doesn't know what to say or she's she's preoccupied because she's thinking oh shit i've got to bring a kid into all of this and ellis is also constantly in danger it's i call it the mother hen because like her trying to get those people into the police station with them knowing full mm-hmm. well they were not going to make it and that was a lost right. cause is definitely something they do when they write women who are pregnant and i didn't clock it back then because mm. i wanted better for everybody <laughs> um but when, mm. when they had their tiff up top and he was like, you've been different since that. And she was being different in the house. And I was like, what's happening here? You are not. You are not. So when she asked for the pregnancy mm-hmm. test, I finished my drink. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a quiet place, you know? Like, you understand the world you're living in. Take precautions. <laughs> uh, but the writers can't help themselves because it's a source of good conflict. It is. And I, again, if that was my fiance, I wouldn't stop my curricular activities but also i'm mm-hmm. like hey christy is there anything remotely close to birth control in that hospital exactly can i get like an iud or whatever no is that right is yeah. that the thing that you put in the ground and it blows yeah. people up yeah <laughs> blow blow up my baby making prospects <laughs> so that i don't have to worry right? about this i cannot carry a baby around this t- can you imagine being trapped in the home with a child all night no mm-hmm Or even just the idea of worrying about a newborn, like as if it isn't hard enough, the idea of having to make sure that that thing never ends up in an an incident. And there are so many incidents in this town. Also, this town is weird. And so who's to say what could be wrong with this baby? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, would the baby ever be able to even leave if they do manage to find a way out? Yeah. I, I have so many concerns, and I hope that we do not end up bringing a baby into this series. I just... <sighs> no. <laughs> I don't want that on any of levels. No. Well, that's kind of my other thing. Not to be that person who doesn't love kids. I mean, I will tolerate kids. I have no interest in having them for myself. But I really fucking hate them on my shows because it just changes the whole dynamic. Like, even having Ethan on the show changes the way that we have to deal with certain types of stories. Yeah, and I feel like we've we've made peace with Ethan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and we also have Victor, who's a grown child. I, yep. and you know what? I don't not, I, that's not shady. I know trauma stunts people. He's been through a lot. Yep. But again, that's two childlike people on the show. And I just can't think a third, especially one that's like going to cry all the time. Well, and you want to talk about like how women are depicted. Like that means we're going to have Tabitha, the mother, and then we're going to have Fatima, the mother. <sighs> I... <sighs> Women are here to be mothers. Yay! I would hate that. Especially because, like, they are two of our three brown women. Mm-hmm. The bus driver. So mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. but yes, still 50%. Yeah. Um, and actually, Kenny's mom is a mom. So, like, yeah, no. We can't, mm. we can't do this to all the women of color. We just can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, it's not... I kind of hope what will end up happening is that it's a pregnancy scare and not a confirmed pregnancy. But here's the thing. We don't ever introduce pregnancies into TV shows unless we're going to have babies. Right? Because I would kill for it to be like, it's not a baby, it's a tumor or something. And raise awareness about those sort of things. <laughs> Just to get us out of this. But I don't I don't want a baby. It was weird enough we're going to have a wedding in this purgatory. But like have a wedding and a baby. Mm. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we found a new storyline that we like less than the drug yes. addiction. <laughs> Kudos, everybody. I am ready to pre-not like this child more than Victor <laughs> and Jade. There we Bye. go. <laughs> you know what? We're going to have to end the season by ranking our characters from like least favorite to favorite. I mean, I feel like everybody's least favorite is Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Who also conspicuously absent this episode just spends the whole episode on the bus, I guess. I can you imagine being on the bus watching the van speed by you? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what's going on out there? Can't go outside. <laughs> He's got like a front row seat to all this and nobody talks to you about it. And that's what he gets. <laughs> like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, okay. So predictions for episode seven. Obviously we're ramping up two things like pregnancy confirmation this wedding anything else i feel like this impending food drought that has all the town um stressed mm. it's gonna result mm-hmm. in at least one more incident <laughs> at least right. one more yeah i mean like here's the thing dale obviously did this by accident but like what do you get for punishment for acting like a nutso who just loses their cool and stabs someone if i were dale i'd move into the bus with randall because i know that boyd and donna are coming for me (laughs) (laughs) and also randall is still worse so you're like oh well if they come they'll go for him (laughs) they'll be like we're gonna get to you in a minute dale we still hate him first (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's no way because like how do you go back to like sleeping in conley house when you got stabbed in the ribs (laughs) like no mm mm-mm yeah, like, there isn't a fruit basket that's going to make up amends for this. 
Also, we can't afford the Listen, fruit. Do we even have fruit anymore? Is it all just pancakes? <laughs> it's probably turnips and carrots oh, at this I'm point. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Sarah is going to have to come back in because we opened the episode talking about her and then Boyd's hallucinations kind of got in the way. So she doesn't appear in this episode. We're going to have to talk about her. Yeah, I think that we definitely need to check in on her. Maybe put her in the box. I'm still rooting for that. I don't think it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. in my heart, I want it. <laughs> and we probably need to check in on Jay to see what else he's figured out since the last time we saw him. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to touch base with all the people that we didn't see in this episode. So Jade, Randall, uh, Victor, everybody will probably... I have a, a feeling next episode will be a quieter, more character-based piece. And we might... I'm interested to see if we're going to go alien autopsy on that ghoul to get a sense of what makes them click. I would love that. I would also just love to have more time with that body because, again, we don't know what these things are. So who's to mm-hmm. say he's not down for a while, but it's not permanent? Right. <laughs> so can yeah. you imagine bringing it into the building and then when it reanimates and you're over arguing your girlfriend and you don't know it's reanimated and it's opening doors? <sighs> it's like the thing. Right? I want that. I want that. That's what we're missing from this town. <laughs> Oh my god, sure. I I don't think my heart could handle that I either. I would just be crying the next recording. I would just be here crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tense. I'm so panicked. Okay, well, why don't we leave it at that? Um, mostly so that you and I can go off and watch the next episode and then come back and talk about it. <laughs> yes, I'm so ready to see what they do now. <laughs> uh, okay, well, if people want to talk with you about how babies should not be on genre shows, how would they get that in touch? That is definitely my platform. <laughs> 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 Go for me. You can, you can find me at Miss Sheree on Instagram and Twitter. How do they find you, Jim? Nice. You can find me at Beast on my remote, and that's the letter B. And of course, if you want to get a hold of both of us, you can reach the show on Twitter at you should underscore watch. And thanks, as always, to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. But we will be back next week to talk about episode seven. Until then, keep your fucking knives closed when you're in a heated conversation. It's not rocket science, Dale. I was like, why does Dale have a knife? I don't trust this. <laughs> Somebody take the knife away from me. He Dale. can't have anymore. Like, <laughs> that's the new rule. <laughs> <laughs> The Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad.